Hello, my friends. Welcome. This is the Joe Martino Show. My name is Joe. I welcome you today. The middle of the year. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about change. Will you do what is necessary to get the life you want? That's what I want to talk about today. Uh, we also might talk about dating losers a little bit. If you're married, you shouldn't be dating a loser. Uh, and how do we engage the change process? Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the middle of the year, July 1. Wow. Uh, It's quite the paradox, isn't it? Uh, In some respects, this year has felt like it has taken an eternity to end and at another time, I, at another hand, I kind of stop and I think back and I'm like, wow, how has this year gone by so fast? And I think part of it is, you know, with our with our kids being out of school for so long, uh, there wasn't the natural flow and rhythm to the ending of the school year. And I think that created some potential uh, time distortions for us as we measure the year. I do want a couple of cover a few things. I have gotten a few emails, uh, even a Snapchat looking at ULK uh, about the men's mentoring program. Uh, you know, where are we at in that? What's going on with it? It's coming along. One of the things that I had to do was I needed to rearrange my schedule. Uh, we're going to talk about this at length today, not me rearranging my schedule, but what part of change process this is. I had to rearrange my schedule in order to be able to develop things. Uh, As you know, I've been working on this book forever, and it's languishing. I I made a creative change a a little over about three months ago, maybe two months ago, uh, where instead of being a typical nonfiction book, it's going to follow the counseling process of at least four people. It would actually be six people, two couples, and two individuals, and I might actually add a, a, a third individual it's going to follow their counseling process. So each chapter starts out as though you're sitting observing their counseling session. And so I'm rewriting chapters. I've deleted, literally, I deleted an entire chapter the other day and restarted, which is all good things. But I needed to rearrange my schedule because I needed a day to be able to create. Because what would happen, uh, this week is actually a perfect example. On Tuesday morning, I, I woke up, I you know got around, I took my wife to work. Uh, one office. I stayed there for a few minutes. I left early and went to my other office because I was going to carve out some time to write. And a number of things came up that needed to be done. Uh, One author once called this the tyranny of the urgent. And I was never able to get back to working on my book. And so now what I've done is I've carved out days that are just for clients. I've carved out days that are for admin work. And I've carved out days that are for creating. So I'm hoping by the fall we will have a survey ready to go uh, for men um, on what they might be interested in as a mentoring group. We're thinking of a shorter or a smaller group to start, maybe six guys. Uh, will be an application process. People will need to apply to get in. Um, there's going to need to be some buy-in. But we want to help men grow. We want to help men develop. This is something that's very important to us, very important to me. And so we want to kind of 
take a holistic look at the life. We're also at the life of men and, and how that helps uh, them grow, how we can help them grow, uh, things that cause us to not grow, things that we need to let go of in order to be able to grasp things that we do that we need to hang on to. And so this is something that uh, we're hoping will, will benefit uh, um, you know many people that it will that it will work in with our group of, of or our suite of services that we offer people. We are also considering and talking about what does a virtual marriage conference look like? What does a virtual parenting conference look like? Uh, what does a virtual, hey, my teenagers are all in senior high look like? Like, what are the different services that we could provide that will be beneficial to the people that we're serving? And so that's all stuff on the horizon. Um, it is coming. I appreciate the, the, the feedback. I appreciate uh, you letting me know that you're interested. Please continue to do that with things as things come up that you are interested in. Uh, let me know about that. Here's one I've been kicking around. Uh, is there an interest for people to get uh, an email list type of private club uh, you join? And by private, I mean like give me your email address. Uh, but, you, you know, every Monday there would be some sort of email uh, directly in your inbox that might not be out there for the general public. Maybe a here's a self-development course. We're, 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 we're kind of kicking around a, a lot of different things. Uh, the YouTube page, we're really kicking around that idea of just short burst of information. Um, we're making some recordings and pondering that. And I am trying to uh, take my speaking uh, business kind of to, an, to the next level, which is an overused phrase. But, you know, what does it mean to kind of be speaking at more places uh, around the region and the country? So those are the things that are going on right now. Um, with with me, with us. We do have an entire second edition of the Emotionally Secure Couple book ready to upload. Uh, the, the thing is, is sales have been pretty steady and I need to pause sales in order to do that upload. And so I'm trying to balance that uh, dilemma, if you will. Okay, so, so that's all of that. I hope that that all makes sense. I hope that uh, these five minutes have not put you to sleep. July 1st, middle of the year, middle of a year that has uh, not been like any year in my lifetime before, middle of a year that has thrown uh, a lot of different obstacles at us, a lot of different curveballs. I'm very excited. July 1st, when this podcast goes down, is the day that uh, players report back for MLB baseball. Very excited about that. I like I like baseball. So maybe a few baseball analogies today. But this year has just thrown so many curveballs at us. We're having conversations that are necessary. We're seeing some changes. We're seeing some scary things. We literally watched a man die under someone's knee. Uh, I, I, we are seeing people die alone and afraid in nursing homes because of government countermeasures to a virus. We are seeing people die uh in, in emergency rooms because of that virus. We're, we're seeing less and less trust of the media. Just this morning, I get a few news uh, emails right to my inbox every morning. And one of them said that, uh, that one political candidate was leading another political candidate uh, by X amount of points. And so I clicked over to their Twitter page because I knew that was going to be something. And sure enough, I think I was three comments in. Somebody's like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're saying that just like they said in 2016, blah, blah, blah. It seems that we are more divided than ever as a country. And I'm not going to talk about that much today. What, I'm, what I want to talk about is how that affects the personal individual because we are also a society that has a lot of anxiety. I've talked in the past. In fact, I've thought about writing about it on my webpage. I've talked in the past about the reality that, that we seem to have anxiety as a virtue in our society. If you're not afraid, something's wrong with you. If you're not anxious, something's wrong with you. It's almost like uh, I, I had a student tell me a number of years ago, uh, and, and actually I had a number of students tell me this, but I'll never forget the first one. Uh, she looked at me and she said, you don't understand the pressure that my peers put on me to have anxiety. Now, I want to I I take that for a minute and pull it out. What she said was, I didn't understand the pressure that her peers put on her to have anxiety. Not that her peers gave her anxiety, not that their interactions with her, but her peers, she felt, were pressuring her to have anxiety. That's when we know anxiety is moving up in value or whatever it is we're pressuring our peers to do. It's moving up in value in our society. And we can get mad at that. We can argue that. But anger is another virtue. Instead of being so... It's, it's interesting as I watch people's reaction to, to anger, as I watch people and our society's relationship to anger, one of the things that strikes me is we both hate anger and we value it tremendously. Like once we're angry, angry, once we're angry, I sound like the guy saying marriage. Once we're angry, we're able to give ourselves a hall pass for poor behavior because we're angry. I was talking to a wife a couple weeks ago and she was talking about how she mistreats her husband, her words, not mine. And she said, but he kind of deserves it. And I said, and so, you know, part of the counseling process is, is reflecting back to the client what they say to you. And so I said to her, oh, so he does things that causes you to treat him like a piece of dirt because he deserves it. Well, now that you say it like that, and I said, well, how is what I said different than what you said? Well, because I get angry. Oh, so when you're angry, it's okay to act in a way that you don't believe in. And she said, no, of course not. Which brings me to today's episode. You're halfway through the year. You have more excuses for why you're not making change in your life than in any other year past, which is kind of what that wife was doing. She was making excuses for why she wasn't acting in accordance with her own values. Why she wasn't acting in accordance with her values that she said she owned, that she said were part of her. She lacked ownership of her life. And you have more reasons to do that this year. I was thinking about that and how little I've been to the gym this year because they're not open in my state. And I haven't worked out and I've thought about, okay, well, I could move my, I have a little boxing room. I could move that downstairs. That's my timer there. I hurt my back and I I need to, I do this, uh, put this apparatus on that helps me stretch. And I have to only do it for a certain amount of time. There, my timer went off. But so as back to the gym, as I work, I, I could move that downstairs. I could do those workouts. And and yet I don't because I have excuses. Now, one thing I haven't used as an excuse is, is my weight management. I'm still, uh, in fact, I might be a little bit lighter than when quarantine started because I've still watched my food. I've still worked to eat healthy. I've still done those things. 
And, and so you're at, you're literally at the halfway mark. Where are you at in the change process? What, how have you improved your life from January 1 to today? And I get it. Some of you are just surviving. Some of you on top of COVID, on top of not being able to work, on top of all of the curveballs, on top of all of the, the odd grounders. Anybody who doesn't follow baseball is going to be like, what is he talking about? You know, you've gotten a cancer diagnosis. You've gotten a uh, uh, sickness. You've had a loved one die. You've had, you, you've had big things happen, and you're just in survival mode. And, and, and I get that. And a lot of times we're in survival mode. We stop thinking about, well, what does it mean to improve my life? So I'm going to flip the improve my life question a little bit and say, what kind of story are you telling with your life? Because this is the thing that matters. I'm listening to Kevin Hart's book, The Decision, uh, and he makes this observation. I'm not sure why they call it a book because there is no book. It is literally just a recording. So I guess it's the Kevin Hart audio book, uh, The Decision. Uh, if you decide to listen to it because I brought it up, fair warning, there is language. Uh, but he talks about how he has control of his life to leave the legacy that he wants to leave, to leave the legacy that he wants to leave by purposely choosing his actions, regardless of the dilemma that he is facing, regardless of the distress that he is facing, regardless of the uh, circumstances. And, and, and I believe that that is true for all of us. We have to own the fact that we control what we do with our lives. And so I want to ask you some questions. What are some things that you need to let go of that you either needed to let go of in January and you haven't yet, or that you picked up along the way? Do you need to let go of anxiety? And, and look, I'm not, I know it's not just as easy as snap your fingers and, oh, I'm anxious free. I'm anxiety free. But do you need to let go of anxiety? Do you need to let go of worry? In fact, in his book, Heartless 11 Things, I'm going to just blatantly steal some of them. And one of the ones that he talks about is worry. Now, one of the things that, that I love about Michael Jordan, and, and I know that uh, I, I've been getting a lot of mileage out of his uh, documentary. In fact, I might watch it again sometime soon here. I really enjoyed it. I looked at another book about him today. But one of the things that I enjoyed about him was he said, look, I don't understand why people worry about a shot they haven't taken yet. That doesn't seem to make sense to me. And I agree with him. And I want to ask you a question. Are you worried about a shot that you're not taking? Are you worried about an at-bat that you're not taking? What are you worried about and why is it keeping you where you're at? There is a guy I know, uh, there is a guy that I know that, that almost 18 months ago, he wanted to start a podcast. He went and bought a whole bunch of equipment. No podcast episode. Not one. Because he's afraid. So what do you need to let go of in the second half of this year? Do you need to let go of worry? Like, it's an interesting thing because I think one of the things that happens, and I've talked about this at length, one of the things that has happened with COVID is we get angry with people who aren't afraid of the things that we're afraid of. So if somebody walks into a store without a mask, they're getting yelled at sometimes. Certainly, the Facebook social justice warriors. There's one guy, I really respect him. All he has done for three months is put up passive aggressive statements on his Facebook. I had to actually unfollow him every 30 days, snooze so-and-so for 30 days, snooze so-and-so for 30 days. And it isn't Facebook's fault. Facebook doesn't create passive aggressiveness. It just reveals your character. If you think that 
well, that person would never say that to me in real life. That may be true, but they'd think it. And so it just reveals what's going on. Or if you are a person, I talked to a person this week, he's like, I'm just not a very good guy on Facebook. So I asked a really hard question. Well, are you a very good guy off of Facebook? And how do we determine that? Do you need to let go of fear? Because here's the thing about fear. You, you need, it can paralyze you. So, so maybe we call it, do you need to let go of paralyzing fear? Do you need to let go of paralyzing anxiety? A little bit of anxiety, a little bit of fear probably keeps you alive. It's a necessary uh, emotion. It's a necessary feeling. But too much is paralyzing. Do we, do we need to stop that? What do you need to do to get where you want to go? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to let go of something. So, so Hart lists in his book, I'm going to see if I can read them without actually playing the book to you. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? Yes, here we go. So he says that you need to let go of jealousy. So many people are living their lives watching other people. You need to let go of perfectionism. You need to let go of comparison, comparing yourself to someone else. I'm a little bit uncertain how that differs from jealousy, and I've listened to this portion of the book. Unhealthy fear, which we talked about. Fear of failure, which he distinguishes. Resistance. Coming up with excuses. Just lame excuses. Self-doubt, anger, blame, judgment of others, and self-judgment. And as you run through those things... Are any of those negative emotions running your life? You see, the thing of it is, is self-judgment isn't bad if it's in the form of discernment. You need discernment. But it becomes self-judgment when it stops you from doing something because you might fail. Well, what does it matter if you fail? And I've talked about this before. My three favorite questions, so what? So what if you fail? What does that mean? Right, then the second question is why? So what if you fail? Why, why does that mean whatever you said it means? And then what? So many times we compare ourselves to each other. Look, I had, I had a, 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 a disappointment in my life this week. In fact, the day that I'm recording this episode is the 18th anniversary of my mom's passing. This day sucks in my head. I had another disappointment this week, and I was talking to somebody, and they said, hey, I don't want to talk about your heartbreak. I'm like, it's not heartbreak. We tried for something and we missed. We swung and we missed. We swung in a fastball and we got a curveball. That happens. But I'm still going to put the bat in my shoulders. I'm still going to kick the, the, dirt, the, the dirt out of my spikes. And I'm going to stand in the batter's box and reset for the next pitch. I'm going to go after the next at bat. So, so three questions here. What do we need to start? You know, where are we going is kind of the thing that we're starting with. But then what do we need to start? What hasn't started this year? So one of the things as I rolled into the year, I was looking at this book and I'm like, okay, I'm not getting it done. I really wanted it to be uh, published this fall. And, and I knew rolling into January before COVID, before any of that, I knew that wasn't going to happen. And so I was like, okay, then I need to reset. Well, how about February of 2021? I still think that's a viable goal. And so I, I looked at it and I, okay, so that's where I'm going. That's what I want to do. But what needs to start? Well, I need to start writing. I need to start writing more. And so I did. And I was like, man, this isn't very good. If I'm just really honest, it isn't very good. So then I needed to write better. And so I evaluate it. And, and part of, of, of the reality of writing, at least for me, is, is that my energy goes where my focus flows. And so my energy goes where my focus is flowing. 
And to get my focus flowing, I need to be ruminating over the things that I'm talking about. So when I'm driving and I'm listening to an audiobook, I'm ruminating over things like this podcast episode. I'm ruminating over things like the YouTube channel. I'm ruminating over what I'm writing. When I'm in discussions with friends, a little bit of my brain is ruminating over what I want to write about. Even when I'm playing video games. Now, I only really play one video game, MLB The Show. Uh, and as I'm playing that, my mind is ruminating over things like the book. And so then I roll into June, to June and I realized that I don't have as nearly as much written as, as I had set for my goals. I interviewed an author for my podcast. That episode's going to be coming up soon. Uh, and he talked about how he schedules writing into his day. And I was like, yep, I need to do that. I need to do that. That's what needs to start. Well, what needs to stop? I need to stop seeing clients every day of the week. Wait, but Joe, you're a counselor. Yep. I'm also an author and I'm also a content creator and I need to get into the idea of, of I can't see clients every day. That's not healthy. It's either that or I need to step away from being an author and a content creator. Remember, brutal acceptance of what is. Okay, so what needs to start? Well, I need to start writing. What needs to stop? I can't see clients every day. I need to have a day that is just devoted to content creation. So with that, then comes something has to stop. I only have 168 hours in a day. Or in a day. Wow, that'd be great, wouldn't it? In a week. And so if you're going to start something, you have to stop something. I was working with a client one time who is a 20-year-old kid. He's drinking three, four, five nights a week. And he can't wait to leave his town, lives in a small town, can't wait to leave. I'm like, the truth is you like staying where you're at because it lets you drink five, six nights a week, lets you smoke some pot, get some of the Mary Jane going. And the truth is, as a counselor, I'm not here to judge you, dude. I'm just here to tell you, to show you, to point out, to hold up a mirror, if you will, that what you're saying and what you're doing is contradictory. And that is so many people. And that's why we get stuck because we try to start things without stopping things and we run out of time. So what needed to stop? I needed to stop seeing clients every day. So I did. I worked on it. I cut it out. Uh, I, I got a little aggressive with it. I looked for opportunities. I moved people. Now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are crazy days for me because I took my Thursday and I moved all of those clients to those three days and I kept the clients that were there. So those days, I'm not getting a lot of other stuff done. But the reality is if I looked at the totality of my work, I wasn't either. So what needs to start? What needs to stop? And then what are the system changes that you need to make? That's the creating a day where all I do is work on this. So I walked into my office today. I've got shorts on, a t-shirt, and a hat. I don't see clients in shorts, t-shirt, and a hat. I'm making a system change to my week, to how I flow through the week in order to get things done. So what about you? I love Kevin Hart's list. Uh, what do you need to let go of emotionally, internally? What are the tools that you're hanging on to that aren't helping you? Right? Are you jealous of other people? I, I had disappointment this week. Uh, my wife and I were striving for something and it didn't work out. And I felt bad. And I'm not going to lie. Part of me like was, man, if I was in this person's situation, I wonder if it would be easier or more viable to get this done. But jealousy will kill you. What about 
perfectionism. Perfectionism is a weird form of pride to me because people castigate themselves for not being perfect, but as long as they're perfect, then they feel like uh, they get caught, and, and, and I get it. Uh, you, you know, there are schemas that, that develop through our lives. What about comparison? Are you comparing yourself to other people? Uh, one of the things that Hart talks about in his book was he talked about how he was a, a, a comedian in Philly, which I didn't know. And he was telling one of his friends, you know, these other comedians are doing better than me because they're in New York. And his friend was like, well, then move to New York. In other words, here's the thing. What are you telling yourself? What are the emotions that you're letting run your life, the negative emotions that you're letting run your life? What are they telling yourself in your head? What are they telling you in your head that you need to stop? Right? So, okay, well, I can't get this book done because I'm seeing clients too many days of the week. Well, then stop seeing clients too many days of the week. Well, I need to see X amount of clients. Okay, then do that in, in a shorter number of days. Well, that'll be hard. Yep, that'll be okay. Because when life's hard, we're learning things. We're growing. Where'd I leave off? Unhealthy fear. Do you have an unhealthy fear or a fear of, feel, fear of failure? Do you resist changing your life? This is one of the things that I find to be true for myself, for almost everyone. We resist change in our own lives. Uh, maybe I'll work out today. Well, I'm kind of tired. You know, my back still hurts. Uh my arm hurts a little bit. Maybe I'll write today. Well, you know, when I started typing, my arm started, I've gone four months with some sort of injury, either to my back or my arm, literally since right before COVID started. And then it really got exasperated in COVID. And I've gone through just, my wife and I were joking for probably two and a half months. I slept like I was laying in a coffin. And when I type, I can feel that pain come back up a little bit. Oh, well, just stop. That's resistance. Self-doubt. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to do it. This isn't going to work. Anger. Now, I don't. I don't necessarily. If you listen to the book, I want to be really clear. I don't necessarily agree with his definition of anger, but I will say this: people who hang on to anger, they tend to just. They don't really do anything. In fact, there's a guy on Facebook. He lives in my community. Uh, we were in a small group years ago. He's so angry that literally everything he types is is, is just griping. It's just griping, complaining. And what's really interesting to me is he is a guy who's very church-going, and I want to say to him, hey, dude, uh, have you read the verse that talks about do all things without complaining? Because you have a cognitive dissonance in what you say is your core beliefs and how you act. Now, I've not done that, but I want to. And, and so anger, is that holding you back? Is that something that needs to stop? Are you angry about COVID? Are you angry about the governor's response to COVID? Are you angry about people's response to the governor's response about COVID? What are you angry about? Are you blaming people? Blame shifting is such an interesting thing. I can blame people. I was talking to a guy just last night who's, who's, who's going through a, a, a difficult situation in his life, and, and he's yelling at people. And he's like, well, it's because of this. I'm like, no, it's because you chose to have a temper tantrum, dude. Don't blame your ex-wife. Don't blame your father. Don't blame your brother. Don't blame your neighbor's cousin's aunt's dog's brother. Own it. You lost your temper. And then blame leads right into judgment of others. One of the things that as I've gotten older and I've made bigger and bigger mistakes, I've realized that all of us are capable of almost anything. No, I've not killed anybody. I've not assaulted anyone or anything like that. But life is hard. We do things like I think one of the things that has given me grace for leaders is the fact that I've had to be a leader. 
And as I look back, especially in my 20s at the leadership I did then, there was just some train wrecks. And, and some of it was legitimately the organization that I worked for or worked with, they lied to me. There was one in Ohio. I just, to this day, I feel like they lied to me. But I still brought things to that, which could easily flow into self-judgment. But one of the things that we have to wrestle is what's the difference between failing and being a failure? And Hart talks about this in his book. I talk about it to anybody who will listen to me. What's the difference in trying something and it doesn't work and you learn from it, you move on, or just flat out making a mistake and you learn from it and you move on. So so maybe those things need to stop. Maybe you need to stop talking about what ifs. What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if, what if, what if? But then what do you need to start? And here's the thing. For some of you, you could say, you know what? I'm going to write a book, so I need to write two hours a day, five days a week. Awesome. You have those 10 hours. You have the self-discipline. You're going to do it. Great. Most of you, if you just wrote for 10 minutes one time a week for the rest of the year, that would be a huge improvement from any writing you've ever done in the past. It's the smallest possible step that you can do, and it creates the opportunity for you to start developing a habit and a foundation to build on. What needs to start? What needs to stop? Or what needs to stop? What needs to start? And then what are the system changes that I need to make to my life? What are the environmental changes that I need to make to my life that allow me to engage in the behaviors that I need to start and allow me to stop the behaviors that I need to stop? This is how change happens, my friends. So take some time this week. Take some time. Hopefully you're going to get a little bit of time away for the July 4th holiday. Hopefully they give us our freedom so that we can celebrate it. Relax, that's a joke. Uh, and, and, and take some time to think about what do I want January 1, 2021 to look like? And then what do I need to start doing to get there? What do I need to stop doing to get there? What are the things where, I, where I, I'm, I'm wasting my time? You know, one of the things that if, if, you, if you have kids, one of the things that uh, environmental controls, like uh, air conditioning and heat, will cause you to say is close the door, close the window. Because like we have a camper and and we'll turn the air conditioning on and then somebody will go out the door and they'll leave the door open. Well, we're air conditioning the outside. That doesn't work. We do this with our own lives. What are the things in your life that that are leaving a door open so that the energy that you have to get something done is being wasted? It's being sucked out the door. Ladies, I want to talk to you for a minute. Some of you are dating losers. Oh, Joe, you shouldn't call him a loser. Well, I hate to say this, but some some of some some of you are dating losers. And 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 he is not a good guy. He's pressuring you to act in ways that you don't want to act. He is pressuring you to uh, not have certain friends because he he wants all of your attention. And you mistakenly think it's going to get better when you get to the next level of your relationship. It's not. It won't stop. You will never get the life you want by allowing a a man to engage in loser behavior and still date you and or marry you, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the things you need to look at is, is the guy you're dating someone you would want your daughter to date? If the answer is no, stop dating him. Fellas, some of you are dating women who are losers. And you're definitely not allowed to say that in 2020, but they are. They're mean. They castigate you. They call you names. They put you down. Whatever you do, it isn't good enough. Just call that out. Admit it. It's not going to change when you get married. 
I promise you. And the sex ain't worth it. It isn't. So, so grow up, gird your courage, and, and break up with her. Stop dating her. So many people give terrible energy to relationships and they, they sabotage their own development because they keep dating someone who isn't worth their time. So stop. I sound like Bob Newhart. If, you, if you've never seen it, uh, Google Bob Newhart counseling and watch it on YouTube. Stop. <laughs> it's not a very helpful intervention, but it is necessary. Some of you need to change your friends. But before you can change your friends, you have to change your own mindset. You have to change your mindset about what you're doing. You have to change your mindset about your life, about the ownership of your life. So make a list. What do you want January 2021 to look like? What do you want your life to look like? What needs to stop? What needs to start? And what are environmental changes? I believe you can do it. I want to hear about it. Send me an email, joe at joemartino.com. Tell me about it. If you have a question, shoot me that question. Thanks so much for listening. I know you can be doing anything with your time. I appreciate that you give me this chunk of time out of your week. Uh, I really do. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. If you found value in this, please share it with your friends via social media or even word of mouth. That's a great way to do it too. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.